A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. A new UW Division of Extension project will support the growth of Wisconsin's maple syrup industry. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. Jeremy Solon is the project manager for this effort. He's on with me to share more about what the project entails. But first, for folks who don't know, Wisconsin has a rich history with maple syrup, and the industry has experienced growth in production in the past decade. But Jeremy, you see a lot of room for improvement. Yeah, I mean we're we're well positioned uh, to continue to grow. As as you said, we have a we have a rich you know history. I mean going back really thousands of years uh, when Native Americans started making uh, maple sugar, um, and you know more recently uh, continued to to produce maple syrup in in increasing amounts. And right now we're we're number four in the country, uh, ways behind Vermont. But really we have the forests and we have. You know, people are interested in making maple syrup. We just, you know, need need more support and maybe more markets uh, to be able to do that. Yeah, and this project with the aim to grow the industry stems from a grant. So how much money did UW Extension get and where did it come from? So the funding, which is, you know, a little bit over $300,000, uh, came from the USDA. There's a specific program called the ACER Access and Development Program that provided the funding, and it's a three-year project uh, to really get Wisconsin off the ground in uh, supporting maple syrup producers at the statewide level uh, through W uh, Extension. What do you spend the money on? There's three main areas of focus uh, for the project. The first is really supporting sustainable forest practices for maple syrup producers, so that's developing resources, providing information to help the maple syrup producers manage their forests effectively, especially as climate changes, you know, we're seeing shifts in tree species and kind of being aware of that and how we uh, make sure that our forests are are healthy moving forward is a big part of it. The second part of the project is supporting professional foresters. Uh, professional foresters obviously know, know how to manage forests, but they're not often... Uh, experienced or have the knowledge about maple syrup production, so it's helping them to understand how do you specifically uh, manage forests from that perspective and support uh, forest landowners who are interested in in uh, tapping trees. And then the third part is to better understand the needs of tribal nations in Wisconsin related to maple syrup, um, building relationships there, and looking forward to see how we can, uh, as extension, support them uh, long-term. So, again, it's a lot of kind of foundational things, looking at what the needs are and how extension can support maple syrup producers in the future, uh, hoping to build a long-term program. So this is hopefully just the first step. As you're targeting these audiences, are you looking for more people to get into uh, syrup production? Yeah, that's definitely the goal. And we know that there there are, in particular, a lot of farms uh, who have, or that have small woodlots, woodlots as part of them that have the potential to earn some extra income by um, tapping their trees and either selling sap or syrup. So there, there's potential there. And then there's, you know, general interest, uh, even from backyard uh, syrup makers, uh, potentially expanding their operations. So it's kind of across the board looking at 
who who might be able to get into making making maple syrup as a as a revenue generation standpoint, and then who can expand their practices. Um, you know, looking at larger markets or uh, additional support that they might need to be able to do so. It sounds like land is the most expensive input. So if you already have the land, it sounds like you're more than halfway there. What yeah. else? What else do you need to become a, a syrup producer? Yeah, that is that is for sure the case, right? Access to land is a key part, and and that can come from ownership or it could come from leasing as well. Uh, there are tax benefits to tapping trees. You know, there there are landowners who have maple trees that are willing to lease their land uh, for that purpose. But besides that, really. Uh, you know, the, the interesting thing about maple syrup production is that you can really do it at any scale and with very simple tools and all the way up to very complex <laughs> tools and equipment. So really to start with, you need a drill, some way to get into the tree, uh, a spout of some sort and a bucket of some kind to collect sap. Uh, so it's pretty easy to get into and then uh, some way to cook the syrup down. And in a lot of cases, that just happens in a kettle over a fire outside. Um, but as you advance, the equipment gets more expensive. And so, uh, you know, longer term, we'll be looking at some of those needs of maple syrup producers and how do they expand their operations so that they can be more efficient in uh, cooking their syrup and, pr- and producing a product. Um, but really, it's, yeah, once you have access to land, it's pretty simple from there, at least to get started. And you'll be leading a team of project collaborators and advisory board members to spread that information. But when do we start seeing action? I understand you guys will be doing an assessment. Yeah, so we'll kick off the kind of needs assessment, understanding what maple syrup producers need uh, really in January. We have uh, a team meeting coming up here in the next week, uh, forming the advisory committee and then jumping into kind of those needs assessment uh, type activities in, in early 2022. And then we can expect to see, you know, resources developed and programming happen later in 2022 and uh, into the following couple of years. Um, and in the meantime, we're going to, you know, build communication tools to so like website, social media, so to be able to start sharing information that's already already available, but maybe packed, packaged in different ways. So hopefully within the next couple of months, you'll be able to start seeing things coming out from us. Yeah, and I think it's important to note the Division of Extension is not alone in this. It looks like you guys have state, federal, uh, government partners, as well as university help, and then industry partners, too. Yeah, exactly, and we'll continue to build that partnership. So it really is a, you know, a large group of folks who are interested in this, and Extension will lead it, but we'll really rely on a lot of those other partners uh, that you know utilize their skills and, and uh, resources and access to, to folks to uh, work on the project. So we're, we're looking forward to, to working with all those partners. And Jeremy, you are a maple syrup producer yourself. Why don't you tell us about your operation? Yeah, so I grew up making maple syrup on land that my dad and uncle and grandpa and great-grandpa made syrup on uh, north of Antigo in Lang Lake County. Uh, and um, our kids now are fifth generation on that land, and we were, you know, kind of a mid-size operation. Our business is called Tapped Maple Syrup, and uh, we do value-added uh, maple syrup products infused and barrel-aged uh, cocktail maple syrups. Uh, so I have that experience uh, in the industry, obviously working on the uh, the land directly in our maple syrup operation, and. Uh, you know, a, a love for the industry and for maple syrup producers and 
uh, particularly for Maple Forest. So um, I'm just really excited to, you know, get to get to do this in a professional way through extension. I think it's uh, really amazing that extension has, has taken this step forward uh, to support the maple syrup industry in the state. And uh, I look forward to, you know, doing that work over the next few years and hopefully long term. You know, as a producer, are there things you're keeping an eye on into 2022, whether it's policy, weather, labor? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, always. We're always anxious about weather, right? So maple syrup production is completely weather dependent. Um, our season, you know, has continued to shift earlier and earlier in the year. So we now make maple syrup primarily in March, where up by us in Langley County, it used to be primarily in April. Uh, but Fortunately, so far, we haven't really seen an impact on production uh, levels, uh, but it, you know, we're, having snow cover is good, uh, having some frost in the ground is good, um, and yeah, after that, we're just, you know, completely dependent on weather. And then the other thing that's, you know, nationally and internationally, there is a maple syrup shortage. You may have seen some news about the, the reserve in Canada being tapped and uh, them releasing a uh, pretty significant amount of syrup from that. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how things play out. Generally, you know, we'll expect prices to go up, which will probably drive further interest. Uh, and hopefully we don't get into a situation where we overproduce. Um, so, you know, that that's definitely in, in front of people's minds, um, that, that demand and continuing to grow that demand. I think maple syrup is positions, you know, very well nationally, internationally to, to continue to grow. It's an all-natural product, uh, has a lot of health benefits uh, as a sweetener, and uh, can be made by, you know, small-scale producers at, at a variety of levels. And so, you know, as, as we look forward um, with the industry in Wisconsin, you know, what, what I really want to see is, you know, the, the growth in the number of people involved in producing syrup and an expansion in the type of products that we make out of maple syrup. Uh, you know, it's, it's great on pancakes, but, you know, that's kind of like it's, it's basic use. Um, we want to, you know, think about how do we expand out from there and uh, get people using it in place of other processed sugars. More on that shortage, Jeremy. Was this something that yeah. was anticipated because of yield, or is this have to do with increased demand from consumers? It is a little bit of both, but the East Coast in particular this past year had a pretty terrible production year. They were down in some cases, I saw uh, 70%. Fortunately, here in the Midwest, we were we had a pretty average year. Maybe uh, we were up a little bit uh, overall. So it's a combination of rising demand and, uh, and poor production in some of the higher producing states. Uh, so it was it was anticipated in in some way. Uh, it was it's interesting how it kind of played out, right? So maple syrup is produced in the spring. So by the time we get to May, all of the syrup in the country and in in the, this case the world, really, it's Canada and and the United States uh, is done, right? But so everything is everything is produced by the time we get to May, and really we didn't see much happening from a market standpoint until uh, just recently, October, November. Um, and there wasn't a whole lot of talk. You know, maple syrup producers were talking that most likely there's going to be a bit of a shortage, uh, but there really wasn't any kind of national movement that anybody could see uh, from a market standpoint. Um, and I think that that's because of a couple of things. One is, 
a lot of maple syrup gets sold in the fall and over the holiday months. And so that, uh, the kind of demand really kicks in, uh, later in the year. Um, and then obviously, you know, the, as you, as you go through the year, uh, supplies just get used up. So it's, uh, it's the fall when kind of things come to a, come to a head, uh, within the industry. What about other areas in the supply chain, like packaging, glass bottles, or plastic jugs? That is a challenge, like with everything. Um, so plastic in particular is really challenging. As you know, most maple syrup producers use pipelines to transport sap from the tree to uh, where it's cooked. And uh, I've heard plastic uh, prices are up pretty substantially. Smaller scale producers use plastic bags. And in some cases, I've heard those have you know, climbed a couple hundred percent uh, in cost. Um, and then... Uh, jars and bottles and all those, whether plastic or glass, are are definitely a challenge. So, so yeah, all those things are kind of playing into it. Um, and I think we'll see we'll see the real kind of challenge of that play out over the next couple of months as maple syrup producers begin to gear up. You know, after the first of the year for the for this coming season, that's where that will really come to a head, uh, and we'll really see what the situation is from a supply side. But but definitely a lot of anxiety there. I'm actually, <laughs> the phone call that I was on when you called was about bottles. I was oh. <laughs> trying to down a pallet of bottles uh, that were supposed to be here today. Um, and it's, you know, everything's just backed up and, and uh, not flowing very smoothly, <laughs> for sure. So it's a, it's a challenge. That's certainly a developing story as producers gear up to start the harvest this spring. That was Jeremy Solon, Maple Syrup Project Manager with UW Extension. He's also co-owner of Tapped Maple Syrup just north of Anago. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.